0: A nightmare is a, a look at a part of ourselves that we've repressed, that we're ashamed of or embarrassed by, or somebody has shamed us into believing that is not a good thing to experience. Um, and we're ashamed of it too. So it comes up as a nightmare um, to tell us, no, this part of you is needed. It may have been shamed by somebody else or maybe you don't like it, but you need it right now with no limitations. What does your perfect day look like? What if it's possible to live like that every day? Would you wake up after 9am? Have perfect health? Maybe fire your boss? Have the money and freedom to do what you love most? The world is your oyster. Where would you be? Who would you be with? The possibilities are endless. Whether you believe it's possible for you or not, you can make more, work less, and live free. Welcome to Freedom Hack Radio, where entrepreneur, best selling author, world traveller, and adventurer Bryce Robertson and special guests crack the code on money, health, relationships, spirituality, and having fun doing what you love most. Be inspired to create your own self designed freedom lifestyle.
1: G'day and welcome back to another episode of Freedom Hack Radio. I'm your host, Bryce Robertson. And today, my friends, we are going to talk about your dreams. And I'm not talking about desires and aspirations. I'm literally talking about the dreams we have while we're sleeping. And to help us decode these mysterious happenings is our special guest, Lee Linton. Uh, Noah Lee has retired after 40 years in high school classrooms where she awakened thousands of teenagers to a love of reading poetry, writing it, and performing in poetry slams. Simultaneously, for the past 40 years, Noah Lee uses her deep knowledge in symbols, imagery, and myth to teach dreamwork classes where they share dream experiences and attempt to decode the great mysteries of nightly wisdom. Noalie offers classes in mythology, poetry, and dream work, and leads two small communities in dream work monthly. Noalie, I'm curious to hear about your opinion of how we can start decoding our dreams. Welcome to the show.
0: Oh, hi, Bryce. Nice to be with you.
1: (laughs) Awesome, awesome. (sighs) So Noelle, I'm curious to know what's got you
0: feeling the most gratitude today? Oh, man, it's a really pretty day. And I'm feeling really healthy. This is good. Yeah, And I'm with you what? <laughs> Perfect. With you. That's good enough.
1: That's awesome. Awesome. So Noelle, in, in your opinion, tell me what about what are our dreams for?
0: Well, they really are for my view and lots of dream workers view is that it's always meant to increase and push us toward our wholeness, balancing us back and forth. If we're going one direction, that's not good for us. A dream will wake us up and try to give us a message. Even if we can't intellectually understand it, it's doing its work. It's moving our psyche toward balance, toward wholeness. And it, they never, the dreams, never condemn an individual they're never meant to shame us or embarrass us or horrify us even if the dreams are scary they're more like shot treatment wake up notice
1: okay so it's more of a message it's, it's an opportunity for us to um, find out an area of our life where we can create more balance
0: that's exactly what they should do yes really yeah
1: uh, and so when we have a dream, would you say that a dream has one meaning? Or could it have multiple meanings? Like what, what would what's your perspective on that?
0: Yeah, a lot of people would like to think that there's only one meaning of every dream. And mm-hmm. and so once in a while, people will have a, a precognitive dream for foretelling. And they'll think that's all it is it's about. But almost every dream has a precognitive level. There's about 10 levels of every dream. There's health that's always remarked on. There's psychological balance. There's emotional balance. There's the daily cleanse so that we clean out things we noticed on the subconscious level but not on the conscious level. Um, And then there's, well, there's dreams of big events. Almost always they show up in every level, all 10 levels. So you can interpret a dream through all those different versions, but my favorite is the psychological level that is really addressing my psyche's well being. And uh, every once in a while, I'll hear one that is so clearly about health that that's a becomes a higher priority. And that's what I'll talk about when I hear a dream.
1: Okay. And um, I know that your philosophy is that only the dreamer knows the true meaning of their dreams. Mm -hmm. And So like, what do you mean by saying that, that only the dreamer actually knows their dreams?
0: Yeah, the symbols and imagery that comes to the dreamer um, is not my imagery. I I didn't cook up my second grade friend to tell somebody else the truth. My dream is about my development. Sometimes it's about things beyond me and it allows me to prepare emotionally for something coming, but most of the time it's, um, it's meant to address my particular growth my soul's journey so it will speak to me and maybe i can guess by saying well if that were my dream this is what it would be saying to me but ultimately uh, you ask the dreamer questions to get at where they found that image and what their emotional reaction to it is and what are their associations with it before you ever layer on the archetypical meanings or the the mythic meanings of an image in a dream. And you really, it's a, it's in your unconscious, Bryce. So it, no one really knows immediately. They can't say, oh, I, I know what that dream is about, because you can't. It's unconscious to you at this moment. Hmm. It's not known to you. So it will surface and all you can do is probe it, ask it, think about associations with it, but you're the only one. No one else can tell you.
1: So do you think by nature of us, not by by nature of a dream being a way of a message to get to us that there's something there that's out of balance, something that we could learn from something we could improve from, that we probably wouldn't know the answer to it, because like, clearly, we don't know the answer. That's why the message is there. Is that kind of what you're saying?
0: Yeah, and it's working on a level that we haven't made conscious yet. We can make it conscious. That's what some dream work is. But you know, most people don't remember almost all of their dreams. They don't remember them. Is there something wrong with that? No, that's normal. We don't have a dream remembered unless we're actively seeking the dreams. We want them, we wanna use our intelligence to advance our, our growth. But most of the time a dream will only come if it can add something to our growth. Even if it's, um, I mean, we're so used to rational story that we're not used to having a prompt from the, the irrational world of imagery mm-hmm. and symbols. But that's what it's doing. It's an effect. It's affecting us, whether we understand it or not.
1: Okay, so before you were saying that only the dreamer knows the meaning. So I'd like to elaborate on that a little bit. Let's say, for example, I had a dream and there was a gun shooting off like you're you're basically saying that depending on what my past experiences have been like and what my dislikes and likes are maybe a gun going off could be really exciting because maybe i'm a hunter or i'm a shooter and that's like super exciting for me mm-hmm. or maybe it's like really scary for me and like guns really scare me mm-hmm. so you couldn't sit there and say oh the gun means this you would have to like dig deeper and find oh, yeah. out what's what's that person's association with guns that's how it you works.
0: works yeah and yeah. and uh, it's a helpful thing to know the person's reaction to, say a gun, but there are archetypical meanings of guns that yeah. means, And I, that's what I would add after I finish asking questions about what are how do you feel about that gun, that sound, that experience? I, I would ask that. And then I would add um, a gun is a symbolically is a tool of change, meaning it's going to affect life or death if it's used to kill that means life has changed forever. So symbolically, it's a tool of change, death. Okay. And and that I would add that and
1: maybe Death of a person or death of uh, quality within us or death of an old um, grudge or like, you know, death of what?
0: Yeah. Uh, you were just saying if a dr- gun went off, but if a gun was mm-hmm. used in a dream to shoot somebody, you'd have to look at who it shot. And who is that character, um, the aspect of which is mine. It's a, every person in the dream, everything in the dream is me, including the gun and the person. So if that person represents, say, I asked you, so, um, what does Larry mean as a quality? What's his best quality? And you'd say, uh, he's, um, he's a, a really easygoing guy. And, uh, I'd say, what's his flaw too? Tell me his flaw. Well, he, li- he lies a lot. So we'd have to know then, we'd have to look at it and ask you, the dreamer, um, you've, you apparently with the gun that you're holding have changed this aspect of yourself. The part of you that's really easygoing has changed forever. And or the part of you that lies a lot has changed forever. Does that resonate with you? Does that sound like something that's happening to you? What's changing in you, Bryce? The quality that's like Larry has been changed.
1: Really? So so what you are saying here is, say, for example, I'm having a dream, right? Larry's in the dream. Um, There's a monkey in the dream. Uh, There's like, I don't know, there's like trees falling over, all of these different things, all of these different objects, the monkey, the trees falling over, maybe there's a gun in there, Larry's in there, all these different objects, maybe I'm in there, they're all, they're not external objects, necessarily, I'm not like having an experience witnessing all these outside things you're saying that each of these objects is actually a part of my personality, yeah. or, or part of my traits, or some part of me, maybe a, a part of my fears or something like this.
0: Yep, you're right. That's right. Oh. Wow. It's not that- not easy to believe. Um, but this is a, a fairly Jungian view. Um, so I, I translate a when dream. You, when you say Jungian, oh, do you uh, mean like Carl Jung? Jung yeah. Carl Jung? He's yep, he yep. the symbol. So um, if I hear a dream like this, um, I'm running through a dark forest and I'm being chased by unknown beings. Um, I crawl into a hollow log and the r- unknown beings run by. Now, the way I hear it, so that I can move to every part of the dream is a part of that dreamer. I hear the, uh, a part of me is running through a dark forest part of me, being chased by the unknown parts of me. I dive into a hollow log part of me and the unknown parts of me run by. So if I can keep that in mind, I don't hear anything as literal, like, oh, you're supposed to go into the forest and hide in a hollow log. That's what that dream means. No, it's symbolic of some part of you, an earthy part of you, like the log, the unknown parts of the forest part of you, the the kind of dark but organic part of you, it's not literal but that's how i have to translate.
1: So okay, so so if we that's a whole different way to look at dreams. That's certainly not the way that's certainly not the way that i'd looked at dreams before. Uh, so it's quite the concept to actually wrap our heads around the fact that all of these different objects are actually part of us. I think that's mind boggling. That that totally changes the way that I would look at dreams. Um because I've always looked at dreams as like if someone's chasing me, um maybe I better watch out for uh people because there's people coming to get me, you know? But but you're more saying that if there's people chasing me in a dream, part of some part of me is chasing some other part of me is, is basically what you're saying.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and the the scary the scary part of of getting a, a nightmare where you think it's actual people chasing you or being mad at you—that's really a well—it's a horrible way to live because it feels like then it, things in our nighttime, our sleeping, are actually trying to hurt us and trying to make us feel bad. And so I heard a a dream from a fourteen-year-old who was telling me that she woke up from a dream where she was being chased for a long time by a very big, dark, hairy man with a huge knife, running and running. Well, she got out of the dream and told me the dream. And I, I said, how have you been with your, your anger? And she said, well, I, I don't let people get make me mad. I, I think it's not Christian. I said, have you been pushed around a little bit? And she said, oh, yeah, there's some girls who are really bullying me. But I walk away. And I said, would it occur to you that just a little drop of anger would help you defend yourself? Because I'll I'll tell you what I think that dream is. It's not anybody you know. It's a picture of your own anger that's chasing you to try to get you to use it appropriately. Mm. It's being pressed down. And when a, a figure in a dream or an aspect of ourselves gets pushed down so hard because we're ashamed of it or we don't want it or we think it's unchristian then what happens is that things gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It's no persons we know. It's a, it's a picture of our own inner problem, our problem that we think is so horrible. So she was so ashamed of her anger that she let it grow into a monster. Now, if she kept on like that, the thing would become unrecognizable and demonic looking, which is really hard to understand what it is by then. So it, it, but it doesn't ask her to become a huge angry knife wielding person that's literal what it asks is look at your anger and accept it just a little just a drop that's all that's needed to make that monster go back to normal size Hmm. do you do And,
1: and so how how would what would be another way that she could help measure that with that one specific example i'm catching what you're kicking um and and if she was saying that, and while this is happening, while there's an angry person, it's making me feel really scared. Like, would that change things? Or, yeah. or, or if, she, if she was like, well, when the angry person was getting angry, I was getting angry back, but I couldn't do anything. Like, do these, do these change the scenario too?
0: Sure, yeah. She could um, really easily, with an awaking experience of, of allowing a little bit of her anger to show, to protect herself. Mm-hmm. Next dream she has, she will not be being chased by anything. That thing will be ended. That kind of dream was just to warn her that she's coming out of balance, that she's not using, protecting her own psyche. Now there might be another dream where she's angry back. Well, that's somebody else. Somebody who's already able to defend themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me give you another nightmare though. I don't know if that answered your question.
1: Sure.
0: Well, other other nightmares like that where things grow out of proportion are, um, like um, a woman I know who was studying uh, Jungian dreams over there in, um, gosh, I guess it was Switzerland somewhere. Um, she dreamt that she was um, walking through a burnt out forest. Um, she could even hear the crunching of car- charcoal under her feet and there were burnt out logs trees, everywhere, everywhere she could look. Far away from her, there was a stump um, with a little glistening on it. And she walked closer, found it was a little monkey with tears in its eyes and blood in its fur. And she woke up. She went to her professor and asked him, well, here's my dream. What does it mean? And he said, well, that is the monkey. And she knew. And you probably know too what a monkey stands for. Don't they represent some quality of an instinctive quality in us? What is it, what do you think?
1: I would would say playful, a monkey, like playful and maybe mischievous.
0: Yep, playful, mischievous, loving life, joyful. Mm -hmm. And that is what she was burning out by her 12 hour days. She gave herself no fun, no play. And that little monkey would eventually turn into a gorilla that would chase her until she promised to have just a little bit of fun. And she was very busy and a very responsible person. So she couldn't take off and run away for a a day, but she decided to promise the monkey that every time she gave a lecture on dreams, she would imitate her professor, just like I just did. And that was all it took. That's all the fun she needed to do, a promise to have a little fun once in a so it doesn't have to be a gigantic life changing it just the dream just wanted her to notice she's burning herself out
1: so it, it more than likely it sounds like it doesn't have to be a big life changing thing if you're actually sort of taking action on your dreams and 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 listening to them and then, and then doing something about it. but if you're not and you're not making these changes, then it could sort of get a little bit more out of hand and come into something that's a bit nastier yeah. Yeah.
0: If you if if there's nobody around to tell you that the monkey is your joy and your playfulness, then a lot of people who can't get at what a dream means. um, They draw a piece of the dream on a piece of paper and stick it up where they can see it or they um, make a little altar and put something that looks like I I had a lot of turtle dreams. So I have turtles all over the house, little wooden turtles um, because they I didn't know what they meant. But I wanted to honor the dream. That's the way they talk about it, is honoring. Mm-hmm. If you can't get an intellectual understanding, then just say to it, by some means, thank you for coming. I'm willing to help. I don't know what you mean, but you keep doing your work and I'll try to listen. It's, that's all it is. So that's called honoring the dream. Really? Yeah.
1: Okay. So, so you're helping other people dig deep find the meaning of certain things that uh, what their association is with them in their dreams and you help them uncover meaning in their dreams. Do you have the capacity and capabilities to do this for your own dreams?
0: Mm, they're a lot harder for me. So, and that's why I really, I created those two communities of dreamers here in St. Louis. Um, I, I wasn't able and I know there's something there powerful for me and healthy for me actually. So I, I formed little communities um, of about nine people each. Um, we meet monthly and they do the work for me. They ask me the questions that I always ask them. And that's my only really sure way of having the time in the container to listen, think, wonder about what's going on with me. I don't have to get it right then. I don't have to know. But I've had the time to ponder with people that I trust. And they've asked me questions that are, you know, they're focused on me. And that's a real blessing by itself.
1: Okay, that's awesome. That's really cool. So you're basically using your own techniques and in, in your own community and using that as a place to... Help explore your dreams. That's really cool. So (laughs) we've talked about what a few different other objects mean. There are other objects in dreams, uh, some relation to us. But what if we see ourselves in a dream? Oh and and there's and there's two different perspectives. There's what if we see ourselves like I'm in the position of me and I'm looking out of my eyes and I see other things? And then also what if I'm actually looking at myself over the other side of the room or or up on the top of a building?
0: Oh yeah. Well, I th- they show different, I guess different perspectives of a per- that a person can have. Most of the time, when we're in a dream, we're seeing through our own eyes. We're operating. We're doing things. We're talking to people, running. Um, but there, you'll notice that if you ha- in a certain dream, you'll actually shift out of that position. You'll see yourself acting, and then come back in. Sometimes it shifts right inside of a dream. People tell me that that out outside position is observing ourselves. It's a kind of way of saying, take a look at what's going on with you. Step out of the picture, see the whole thing, and then slip back into it. But the the person that we're playing in the dream represents our ego, the one that looks like us in the waking world, the one that makes all the nice decisions, leads us through life, thinks it knows everything, so the ego status in a dream is really, um, you have to watch the ego. It wants, it wants things to never change. It gets scared of things that are not scary. So I, um, what did I have? I had a big dream where there was a, um, a big white ambulance showed up at a hospital. And um, I was carrying somebody out of that big white truck in my arms who was nearly dead. But everybody in the hospital, including the drivers, everybody was very calm. I thought, what the heck? So what I interpreted eventually was that I was in the midst of a big change in my life. It was for my health. I was going to a hospital. But everybody, all the rest of my soul, not the ego, the ego was terrified. I was scared. I was screaming. I was worried. Well, my ego is worried about change. It doesn't necessarily like it. So when everybody else in the healing profession that's in my dream is all super calm, I figure the soul knows what it's doing. It's helping me understand that I'm not in danger. There's nothing to fear. How's that?
1: And you could have easily like I would have easily uh-huh. misinterpreted that as like, oh my god, like I can't even cross the road now cuz like something's going to happen, you know. Well, you could. Yeah, yeah you could. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna ask it. I'm assuming everybody's probably thinking it themselves. <laughs> um, what's the deal with nightmares?
0: Oh, yeah, the
1: story with nightmares.
0: Well, I'm glad you're asking because everybody, those are the ones people remember a lot. The nightmare is really a shock technique to wake us up to something that is really seriously out of balance. And and so they're like that that dream with the little monkey that was dying, that was a nightmare. But um, shoot, there was. Oh, there's this one. It's mostly a nightmare, is a, a look at a part of ourselves that we've repressed, that we're ashamed of or embarrassed by, or somebody has shamed us into believing that is not a good thing to experience. Um, and we're ashamed of it too. So it comes up as a nightmare um, to tell us no, this part of you is needed. It may have been shamed by somebody else, or maybe you don't like it but you need it right now. So I have a a mental dream dictionary for myself so that when a certain individual shows up, I've labeled him irresponsibility. (laughs) One of my flaws is that I am overly responsible. So when he shows up and he's angry, I know that I have not allowed enough people to take care of me or rested enough or put down my burden often enough um, irresponsibility, the flip side of that, the positive side of irresponsibility is people do things for you and you quit once in a while. You put it down and you go play. Well, that I need as a message frequently in my life. So that individual shows right up in the dream. Uh, it has been demonic. It was a monster at one time until I figured out what is my dark side. My shadow side is fear of being irresponsible. Does this figure
1: look the same all the time? Like, like, you can tell, oh, that's that thing. Like, you
0: know? Yeah, because I've I've told myself, oh, that's what that means. And every time I have him, I go, I know what that's about. So I've reassured my dreaming world that I get that one. I get that image perfectly. I don't have to have another one. Okay. But it used to be a demon. It was really a scary thing. Wow.
1: So you turned that one around. So what about violence? What about like, you know, someone, you know, a whole bunch of people coming and beat, beating you up or someone trying to choke you or something like, you know, just generally violence. Yeah. How would you interpret violence in a dream or nightmare?
0: I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd say that I have a lot of violent beliefs about myself that I need to be hurt. That Something in me is really, really uh, destructive and wants to hurt me. I have, to, I have to somehow figure out a way for those violent aspects to have peace. I need to look at what, what I've destroyed, what I've made so angry that it needs to hurt me. It's usually something, the violent part of us, is something that's been pushed down so hard that it has to fight back. It has to. It's not a victim. It wants to make us change. But if we don't hear the message, it'll continue to destroy our ego.
1: So that could be something like deeply deep emotional um pain or something like this or,
0: or yeah yeah having been having been hurt been a victim those victim things turn soon turn into perpetrators inside the unconscious they come after us if we're not willing to embrace them or take the time to love our neglected selves um they'll come after us and what's even more horrible is um if we don't deal with it in the dream, it comes out in the outer world. Our shadow is projected onto other people whom we also hate and are violent to because they remind us of our own darkness, the part of us that has not been held in esteem.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting thing. I actually speak about that. Like if... if. um you know, if you see someone out in public and they're, and they're going, oh, that person's such a rude man, you know, it's like usually there's a part of them that thinks that themselves are rude and they're disgusted at when they're rude at other people. And so when they see it in other people, they want to point it out. And it's like, oh, you're really rude. But really, it's more of just a, you can basically hold up a mirror to people when they say things like that.
0: That's, that's how my understanding of that irresponsible dude happened. I was in charge of his department and he was always late. He was always turning stuff in wrong or not, you know, and he was a happy-go-lucky dude, but I hated him for a long time. And I thought, why hate? This guy is not dangerous, but why hate him? So I looked at that excessive irritation and thought, there's something I'm seeing in him that I don't like. And that the part of him that I didn't like was I never gave myself the chance to relax or to be slightly irresponsible meaning have fun now and then. I could never let myself off the hook, so I hated him for it. Mm, that's how I knew yeah. what it was in my dreams.
1: But because if we haven't dissected it or really taken a look at it, it's easier to externally blame somebody else because we've got, we've got something we need to release.
0: Yep. <laughs> and, yeah. and that, yeah, so that's that, that projection mechanism.
1: Yeah, it's a heck of a concept. So I'm going to go there. I'm going to go to the place uh, that some may have curiosities about. Um, What about sex? What about passionate sex? What about cheating? What about rape? Um, What do all of these different sexual things and dreams mean? Do they all mean one and the same? Uh, Do they have different meanings?
0: Yeah, yeah. They have one thing in common. And the writer Jeremy Taylor, one of the greatest dream workers in the United States, Mm -hmm. Um, wrote many times that sex for him in every dream um, is the encounter with the divine. The other, the great other is sex for him. So Mm -hmm. an encounter with God. In waking life, it would look like I've felt numinous. I felt ecstasy in understanding God in some way. In the dream, then it shows up in our unconscious like, oh, we're finally encountering something so big, we can barely understand it. That's the other. And, and bringing it into ourselves, holding it that close, that's a deep, intimate encounter, he thought, with the divine. Now, I, I buy that. Um, I, I think that's a really awesome dream to have, is to understand that sex, every sex, passionate sex, too, is just an extraordinary sense of the divine in the world. Um, that I've I've encountered somewhere, and my unconscious is showing it to me. Here, you've felt it. You know what it means to be with the divine. So when there's a rape dream, I'll tell you my experience of seeing how true this was. Um, I taught a, a, a class on dreams to a bunch of retired sisters, nuns, and um, they were very interested in this. She, oh, they... They liked what I was saying, but they thought it was a little nuts. And anyway, they loved it, but they came back the next class a week later and said they'd had rape dreams, almost every one of them. I thought, ah, it's so horrifying for them. Well, so I said, sister, have you felt that God has been explained to you in a new way that you don't want to really hear at all, that you'd rather not have, that you think is just like messing with you? Have you had anything happen like that theologically in your life?" And they said, yeah, it's this class! You're telling us about God in a new way that we don't really want to, oh, we don't want to accept it. Oh, you mean like I'm, there's something like rape happening to you? So I explained to them how how sex is supposed to be the encounter with divine and an unwanted, inexplicable encounter with the divine, something they don't really want, that matches that sense of being raped in their dreams.
1: Wow. And so then what, what could, could we do then um, to act on that? Does that mean in our conscious awake times that we'd be uh, trying to keep an eye out for, um, you know, expanding our consciousness or, or like, what would we do?
0: Yeah, I think that for the sister's sake, I told them that they probably needed to go be real calm about this class. Not to be excessively uh, worried about it, or uh, to not maybe many many of them were not actually ready to perceive the divine voice in their dreams. They really weren't ready to hear that, and that the dream may be telling them to back off.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: And, and in other cases, yes, in our awake life, our desire for ecstatic experiences, our incredibly deep gratitude for the night sky. Those are encounters with the divine and it may echo in the dream world as sex.
1: Really? Okay. That's super interesting. I would not have thought that um, a a violent sexual act like rape would translate to a divine uh, interaction. So then, okay. So what's the deal with cheating then? What, what if you, what if you've had a dream and like your wife's just like cheating on you with like you you know all of these other people? or what if, like you're cheating on your your wife and um, you like maybe you don't even like the person that you're sleeping with, and it's just like really odd and and you're disgusted with yourself? like what what would all these things mean?
0: Well, that whole cheating thing comes up an awful lot. It really does. But uh, I'd look at who in the dream is cheating on who. So yeah. let's say, Uh, Your wife, I'd want to know her finest quality. Mm -hmm. Her finest quality is her 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 ability.
1: If you want to talk about me, I would say my my wife's finest quality is her strength. She's definitely a very very strong character, like a lion. Yeah.
0: Well, the cheating dream shows up as if the part of me that's strong has decided to turn away from the ego it's developing in a new way. And it's scary for the ego to see this the strength moving away and involving itself with other aspects, things that might grow my strength. She's my strength. She's my picture of my own strength. And she's leaving me. She's walking away. It's like, oh, what have I done to my strength? How have have I not been appropriate with it? How do I gain that that love back, the trust of my strength back? Those are the questions I'd ask. It's not about her, but it is about, am I cheating myself out of my own strength? How am I doing that? Could I sabotage my own self? Yeah. But the characters represent really intimate qualities that we're working with right now. And if we're cheating or they're cheating on us, it means there's some interaction that's not trusting. Not pure, and we've done it to ourselves, so we've got to unwind that
1: it, that's it's It's almost like a kind of a comical um, way to look at things, given that um, before we have this kind of discussion the average person would probably like first thing they do when they wake up is like, look over and see where their partner is. And they'd either be like, oh man, I've got to be like way nicer to my partner or my partner's going to cheat on me. Or they'd be like, oh, they'd like start slapping them and go, oh, you, you <laughs> cheated on me just now. Or like, do that. it's very, very different interpretation.
0: Oh yeah. They really do do that. That's, that's that very literal, um, interpretation. It's not hard to do. Cause when you see somebody so vividly that you know very well, and they're doing something wrong. That is one of the first reactions. And you have to talk people off the ledge. I've heard that lots of people calling and saying, what do I do? Because he's doing this to me. Mm-hmm. They think it's a secret message that that's really happening. It doesn't oh, hurt to yeah. be nicer. It doesn't yeah. hurt to gain more to work at trust. But, okay.
1: but you could take it little- the wrong way too. And you could be like, you know, checking, checking their phone and being like, are they texting yeah. people or like being paranoid and stuff?
0: Yep. 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 <laughs>
1: Okay, so then what about the other way around? Let's say reverse reverse situation and the person having the dream is actually doing the cheating.
0: Yeah, I'd say that, that the ego is trying to get out of something. Hmm. The ego is not interested in the work that's necessary or the ego is trying to not face the truth about itself. Um, when the ego is cheating the rest of the soul, um, it's trying to get away with not being healthy, not being balanced. And the rest of the soul is uh, experiencing that sense of sabotage. That's what my guess would be.
1: Okay. So it's an, I'd opportunity, be asking, it's an opportunity to grow.
0: I'd be asking the dreamer, how have you been cheating yourself? Hmm. How have you been hurting yourself lately?
1: Okay. Well, like maybe... Maybe how have you not been like, you were like cheating yourself in the way, like maybe not showing up in an area where, you know, you could show up, you know?
0: You're not being faithful to yourself, not making a commitment that, you know, you need to make to yourself. Hmm. That's really the essence of a great inner relationship.
1: Okay. Wow. That's, that's pretty wild. Um, (laughs) So you, you've actually said, you've said it a couple of times. Um, I was going to talk about later, but let's talk about it now, because the 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 concept of reoccurring dreams. Oh yeah, um, it's it's sort of come up a few times already, and and you were even saying before, like you could have something that's like an an angry man, and then he turns into a werewolf, and then he turns into a demon, and it's like you know because maybe something hasn't been dealt with, or like what's the deal with yeah. reoccurring dreams? Do, yeah, are they still- more
0: important than others? Oh no, they're not. They're not more important. But the soul tries and tries and tries to get the resolution of something that is a problem. Something's out of balance and it wants, it'll keep trying. It even has an anniversary sometimes. It comes up on the same date. If you notice the date, often that date has something to do with the problem. Um, I heard a dream from a young woman uh, years ago. Um, she said that her her recurring dream was um, uh, she was wandering through her junior high school looking for her health class, couldn't find it. That's it came up repeatedly from the time she was pretty young, and so I said, well, when did the dream start? She said, when I was 12. I said, what happened when you were 12? And she started crying. She knew right then that it was this dream was about trying to heal the time when she could not attend her father's funeral. Her mother thought she was too young at 12 to go, and she never got to say goodbye, and the dream was trying to correct that feeling of injustice, that unfairness to her. So it recurred. It said, you're looked from the time you've been 12, you've been looking for your wholeness, your health. And that's what she needed to resolve. That's all it was though. Um, She had to find out that it was, it happened when she was 12. And that, that did the click for her.
1: So if we're we're getting reoccurring dreams, it's kind of like just, um, it's like, all right, the last one didn't work. Let me come back and, and give you another one because you know, I, I want to wake you up on this one thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't escalate often. But, you know, there are, there are people who have the reoccurring dream of, of um, missing their, a test or looking for an exam that they're not prepared for, mm-hmm. um, trying to get to the college class and they don't know where it is. All of those, re, those are recurring dreams of not feeling prepared. And that, that it feels somewhat literal as a symbol. There's something in life I'm feeling not prepared for. And I'm, I'm unsure. And the ego is very unsure. It keeps wandering and looking and being scared.
1: Okay. So, you, I know you've studied symbolo- symbology. And um, sometimes symbols come up in our dreams and there's like lots of different types of symbols. Um, First off, like, what's your interpretation generally of symbols and then what are some like some main symbols that sort of come up?
0: That's a great question. Really, Um, really the symbol is a representation of something, a quality possibly. So like people can be symbols and objects can be symbols of something that is Our psychic nature. So, um, I think, for instance, um, animals that appear in dreams are symbols of an of our instinctive nature, the animal nature of our ourselves. Um, They don't have the consciousness that we do. We think, but they represent great powers of ours that are not verbal but have a tremendous influence. So um, I, I love to bring up dogs because they show up a, a lot. They used to in my dreams. Um, what do you think a dog's uh, best quality is?
1: Uh, loyalty.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Got any more?
1: <laughs> loyalty, playfulness, um, I would probably stick with those two, at least from my experiences with dogs.
0: How do they love you?
1: They, they love by giving attention.
0: Yeah. And, and is it a pure love, an unconditional love?
1: Oh, absolutely,
0: yeah. yeah. It is, isn't it? It's remarkable what they are able to do. Yep. Their loyalty, their playfulness, and their unconditional love. Mm-hmm. That's a picture of my unconditional love for myself. Yeah. Of my loyalty to myself. So when a doggy appears, we're looking at a mirror image of what does my unconditional love look like today? Mm-hmm. Is it mad? Is it starving? Is it on a chain? Am I mean to it? Uh. For years, I, I had, um, first time I noticed dogs in dreams, I was walking down a street, and on both sides of the street, there were frozen dead dogs hanging upside down. Can you imagine the level of self-esteem I had then? Wow. It was bad. They were dead. Wow! So I worked for a long time to find living dogs in my dreams. So I knew they would be revived if I could finally wait, find a way to love myself purely.
1: And then that would be confirmation that the work you've been doing on, you know, when you're awake is actually paying off. Yes. Wow. It's a so, beautiful thing. So, I've heard a lot of people talk about snakes in their dreams and I, you know, I've also heard people talk about snakes in like when they have psilocybin um, or like magic mushroom experiences or maybe ayahuasca experiences and, you know, there's like snakes chasing them or they're in a whole room full of snakes. Um, Do any of these experiences relate to one another or, or would like experiences like that be different to our dreams? And what does a snake mean?
0: Yeah, boy, snakes are really potent, for centuries now. And it, in an altered state, and when they show up in an altered state, they are. I think they're. We're looking at the archetypical version, the symbolic nature of the of the snake, writ large, as it comes in our altered state. It's really trying to say, I'm an archetype. I'm a god, mm-hmm. um, and I'm present to you. They're that powerful. They certainly represented the mother goddess in Greece 5,000 years ago or more. The snake represented the the creature that could speak for the mother, for for earth. It could go inside the earth and come back out. It could shed its skin and become new. It was a sign of resurrection and healing. Askeplius, the the healer guy in Greece, um, he used to use snakes to some sometimes to bite people and allow them to have a vision of what their healing could be. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why that, that, uh,
1: like you're saying literally, or is this mythology? Oh yeah. That,
0: you know that that was a, that's the legend of his healing method. Using have
1: snakes bite people for mm-hmm. what purpose?
0: Oh, uh, to bring up their a vision of what would actually heal their, their other conditions, or they really? would let them sleep in little sleep chambers, snakes slithering all through the hallways. Um, and in in their dreams they would he believed they could come up with their own uh, method of healing. so he would stand by and wait, but you know that that uh, cross that has snakes on it that represents the medical methods? symbol yeah, yeah, so why would the snakes be there except oh, they've always meant healing always and power and wisdom always so for a long time now individual people have experiences with snakes that could differ from that okay and so i've met people women they're really interesting dreams because i mostly talk to women now um they'll have a dream of a snake and i believe without telling them i'll ask them lots of questions about their experience but they're saying oh i'm afraid of it it's too big for me i don't want to have this thing in my life when you know that it represents wisdom healing and power you know she's talking about her own wisdom her own power her own ability to heal now that's what i hear when i hear somebody describe their feelings about a snake in a dream but that's only because i believe the symbol represents healing and wisdom okay And so this
1: is like if you're seeing snakes in in your dreams or or in these visions or something like this, what if a snake's just like flat out, just like biting you? Like, would that be the same thing? Or would it have like a bit of a different meaning?
0: In a dream, you mean, of
1: course. Yeah, Yeah,
0: no, I I would, if I saw that dream, I would ask, how am I afraid of my own wisdom? How am I um, unaware that my wisdom and my healing is asking me uh, to step up? it looks like it, it wants to bring about a healing. If it's gonna bite me and infect me, bring a new substance into my being, it needs to act, it, it's acting. My wisdom is on the move, it's powering up. That's what I would see if I saw a dream like that.
1: Okay, so it's definitely, so, so it sounds like it's not a bad thing, right? That even yeah. though that it's scary at the time when the person's having a dream, mm-hmm. um,
0: Okay. yeah typically typically nightmares are for healing something really important, so something is scary like that just once it's wants full attention. What does a snake mean? Your wisdom is looking you right in the face and it's gonna bite you until you wake up really okay sure.
1: So, so we've talked about some of the things that are maybe, you know, more nightmares and like sex and violence and stuff like this. Like what happens if we see angels or like what happens if we see what our image of God is or something like that? Like, what does that mean?
0: Yeah. Usually the, the, I don't, I don't know why the, well, the unconscious doesn't seem to represent God in the same way that we do in a religious format Um, in a, from a lot of people's experience of lots of dream work, they've seen the, the experience of God be represented by this, the total circle. Mm-hmm. Whenever it appears, like a mandala, that complete circle represents something like God being present. So yes, there are visitations by beings that look like light. Um, I, I think on the first level, we have We have contact in the dream world with the invisible guidance that's all around us all the time, and in the dream world it becomes visible and maybe as an angel form and then certainly there's a level of a dream when somebody comes to who's been dead for a while and visits us says well, "I'm fine that's usually what it's for is to remind us that we're safe, they're safe and there's nothing to fear. Of course, I always want to go to the symbolic level as well. I'd like to look at what that person, what that person's values were, and what that, what they could be representing in my psyche that I thought was dead. No, oh, it's not dead. It's alive.
1: Hmm. So, so you're saying that it actually, so like, if I saw my grandma in my dreams, one one thing could be my grandma my grandma's soul um or, or or being or whatever saying hey like everything's good the other one could be my interpretation of you know what's her qualities oh she was like super loving and caring and fun and all that kind of stuff and then mm-hmm. well what's she being like in the dream is she being angry mm-hmm. uh or is she being like calm and loving and then i can sort of like back it, back it off like that and interpret right. it like
0: that it would become a representation of a of an aspect of you that's come awakened. And that's really old.
1: Really, really. Um, So I know myself, like, I don't really remember my dreams. I think before you said, like, oh, that's cool. Like, if you don't remember your dreams. I did, yeah. like, Like, What if I'm not getting like? Am I getting these messages subconsciously, and then when I wake up, I'll I'll kind of instinctively know what things that I need to improve in my life, or change, or adjust? Um, What happens if I can't remember my dreams? Am I
0: missing out on something? Well, maybe because I'm nuts about them, I think so. But (laughs) I, I, I think you can only grow when you have access to. Awareness of your dreams, but also i don 't fault anyone for not remembering they're doing an ordinary life with a lot of deep growth going on all the time, correcting our course as we go i don 't know that you have to have an intellectual understanding of a dream in order to benefit from it, but if you wanted to recall your dreams you you could enhance that skill um, before we sleep. Um, we say to ourselves, I'm able to recall my dreams. I'm able to recall my dreams. And I keep beside my bed a, a real easy to get pen and paper so that my dream world knows. It knows I'm, I'm willing to write it down if I get it. I don't mind if I just have a dream fragment. If there's just a little bit that I can recall, I write that down. So it doesn't have to be the whole story. Just a fragment is enough to honor the dream. Okay. Um, so beginning to, if you get catch a dream and you write it down, have a chance to write it at any time of the day that you can recall it, that honors the dream and it starts to promote more dreams being brought to your attention.
1: Okay. Okay. So we may not even necessarily... Um have to explore our dreams but but if we're getting like reoccurring nightmares like it's probably something that we should look into right because i believe obviously obviously there's something there whatever it is you have to dig deeper
0: right it's and it's something that's really good about you but right now it seems frightening to engage it Mm -hmm. something about it is like like my dreams of of being irresponsible that was a monster at one time it's really not anything evil it's just the part of me that knows how to have fun and I've called it by a bad name I've made myself ashamed of of being playful and having fun okay so usually the nightmare is really calling out for something good about yourself that wants to live in the light
1: okay so we're having these dreams right something's telling us that we need to make a change is it our brain? Is our brain like going through a filing cabinet and sorting things out and saying, here's a file that you either need to delete or you need to like change? Or, or is it like the divine coming in and giving us like extra guidance? Or is it a mixture of both? And how would we tell the difference?
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think it is both. Um, I, I do trust that there's uh, a part of me that's connected to uh, my higher self or the, the greater universe and that. that my unconscious world is in touch with it so when i'm asleep i'm not filtering i'm not consciously um, editing anything so what comes to me is material that perhaps i've grown up enough to be able to handle so when i finally have a nightmare about the mean man chasing me with a knife i'm ready to deal with it it's not like it's coming to me because i i can't handle it anymore it's because it's time. I've grown up enough. So there are sort of files that are kept somehow, and it's not necessarily our brain, but it is uh, another way of thought, of a thought process. We're thinking here the way we've learned to talk and think in the waking world, but there's another thought process going on. And it's our inner world, working through things we've thought, things we've run across in our lifetime, uh, ways in which we treat ourselves are all kind of pictured and processed
1: so you're saying waking world conscious thoughts and then um then there's also subconscious thoughts of things Mm -hmm. that we've picked up in the waking world that maybe we didn't um we weren't super aware of but instinctively we know something about it we have a feeling about it and then there's unconscious right stuff that we don't even know that we know is that where you're talking you're talking about like the unconscious part of us that's like coming up and you know stirring things up for us
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think we're very we're full of the guidance as well. That's not just us and by ourselves, but there's uh, input for our well-being. The the drive toward wholeness is not just us figuring that out. It's I think the longing of the divine to make us beloved, to be our beloved, to develop fully and completely. Um, And when you talk about the unconscious world, it knows it knows it picks up information we. We can't possibly get in consciously all day long. So I heard a dream of a, of a person who was uh, a, a woman who was walking down a staircase. With, the, the banister was a white banister with um, little spindles, little white spindles, kind of knobby. And when she got to the last two, she felt them shake and fall off. Okay. And she nearly fell holding onto it. And I said, this, see, to me, that struck me as, she's taking in some information. And I'm guessing, I'm gonna guess, it's about the body. So I said, have you had any trouble with the last two vertebra? Hmm. And she said, that's so weird. Because <laughs> yesterday she went to her chiropractor and they identified these two vertebra as having the most likelihood to be trouble for her. Hmm. I don't know how they tell it, I don't know what what she was she heard, but we, we saw it in the dream, that she was aware of it, but only unconsciously. Wow. You, you see? That's and kind of mind-boggling. Oh, God, there's so many like that, though. We get information about what's, what the ailment is that's about to occur. When, when uh, people have colds, they can often tell early. If they have a, car, a dream of a car and the bumper is hit, it's usually this part of us where the tires go flat. It's like our lungs. Hmm. If the car represents a body, which it does in my dream dictionary, those are just symptoms that in the dream that you can tell it's coming. Really? Yeah.
1: Wow. So like to wrap this up, ultimately what would you say the main benefit is of people exploring the meaning of their dreams?
0: Yeah, I think it is, um, creating a space for their own wisdom and growth, um, trusting that they are being guided toward their own beautiful wholeness.
1: Okay. That's, that's pretty awesome. Definitely something that I'm sure people get a lot out of. And um, if people wanted to explore a little bit further, um, I know that you have a couple of books that you think are are really amazing. Do you want to tell us the name of these books?
0: Yeah, I wrote them on this card. This is really, non non-digital can you see the names of those no you um, can't
1: pull it back yeah so we've got uh dream work by jeremy taylor and belonging by toko pa turner and we'll actually have links to these books in the in the show notes but you you highly recommend these
0: books yeah oh yeah these are the those are them one of them is very soulful and the other is really very experiential he tells jeremy taylor tells dream after dream of Dream, uh, in his website, I think you can look up common dreams like when your teeth fall out. What does it generally mean? He's done it so many times that he writes up. He, he's dead now, but he wrote up lots of things that people ask over and over again about.
1: Interesting, interesting. Like the more common stuff that people are probably thinking. So yeah. that sounds pretty helpful, but I also know that you do one on one virtual sessions too. So, you know, and I'm sure we've got a lot of listeners that are interested in following up and, and having a one on one one session. So, how do people get in contact with you? What's the best way to follow up with you?
0: Well, if you know the spelling of my name, I'm on Facebook for messages, mm-hmm. and I have a, an email address that I can be reached by. It's nlitten at Um, charter.net. And that's a way for me to make a phone call connection with you. Um, I have a phone number too, but those two ways, at least let me uh, see your name and know who you are and see what you want. Um, Get the conversation started Mm -hmm. and we can have links
1: to all of that in the show notes too. Excellent. Is is there anything else you wanted to share with us before we wrap up?
0: Oh no, I, I don't think so. I just wish everybody A good dream tonight.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you very much. This has been a super interesting conversation. I certainly learned a lot. Um, There was a lot of things that I have had in dreams that I thought were like, you know, catastrophic, you know, oh my God. Um, But it sounds like it's an opportunity for us to grow and get better. So it kind of makes things a little bit more um, pleasurable when we look at it like that. And I think, you know, in the future, looking at dreams, it's going to be more of a pleasurable experience, even if they're nightmares. It's probably probably an opportunity to be, be excited about something good that's going to change. Um, so thank you very much for sharing, and listeners, thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel, um, leave some comments, let us know what you think, and if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast platform, then please leave a review because you know the the point of this podcast is to get the message out there of freedom, all these different ways that we can experience freedom, you know, financially, through relationships, health, spirituality, and having fun. And um, so the more people that know about this, the more people we can help, the more people that can live free. So thank you guys very much. Thank you, Noeli. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Until next week, uh, I'm Bryce Robertson. Live large and live free.